Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Tribulation Farce. I'm Tim. That's Jennifer. Oh, the energy. Woo, woo, woo. My goodness. I, 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 I think that we have finally gotten into it. You oh, know? dude. Yeah, I... So I read these chapters this weekend and was like vibrating, wanting to talk about it. So Tim like just finished. So Tim is like fresh off of it. Just, just finished. finished reading. My brain is boiling. Dude, I was truly losing my mind. You, This was on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I was sitting outside. There was like a thunderstorm about to happen. Or it was like right after it. It looked like crazy. And I'm reading this shit and fully going like galaxy brain like huge mode yeah. like because I because well you know what let's just freaking get into it because I had to go down a, a rabbit hole because of these chapters because these chapters sound just like Alex Jones yeah baby <laughs> yeah baby I hope you're not ready to get pilled everyone, oh my god because chapters fourteen and fifteen of the very first book of Left Behind. I mean, I gotta tell you, I'm 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 in it. You <laughs> You're know? hyped now. I'm, I'm like, I, I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm nodding along. I mean, I'm ready to join the ranks of the Antichrist. You I, know, we get the name, not that we know it, of the new super cops that we're going to find out later. Oh my god! Yeah, I wait. I don't even know if I caught that. Yeah, he says it. <gasps> he says the word. Oh, I'm not. See, that might be a thing you noticed that I didn't even notice. Yeah, GC peacekeeping. Uh, oh, dude, I don't remember on, that at all. Yeah. No, I just, this chap, these two chapters were just so, like, the UN is evil and is trying to take your guns. Like, I could, like, hear it in Alex Jones' voice, which made me be like, huh, I, weird. I wonder if Tim LaHaye was, like, influenced by Alex Jones. Uh, well, no, because he's actually, Alex Jones is not that old. He was a freaking, like, he graduated high school in 1993. Huh? Left Behind came out in 1995. Wait a second. Yes. He's not that He's old. He's not that much older than this. I feel like my- Isn't that crazy? That was my first- So that was the first level that I- Wait a My second. brain went down and I was like, what the fuck? My brother graduated roughly around- Bro, this. yeah. He's not that old. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So that's where- So that's where I started. Because I was reading it and I'm like, what? damn, this sounds like Alec Jones. Maybe Tim LaHaye got it from him. Oh, wait. Alex Jones was like young when this came out? Okay, weird. Oh, but unfortunately, I did find the common denominator, and that's the John Birch Society, which is a far-right anti-communist organization founded in 1958 by businessman Robert Welch Jr., and that is not the grape juice guy, but he Mm. did own a candy company. Okay. His company made sugar babies and sugar daddies. Remember those? Those things. Old-ass candies? Yeah, they... (laughs) They get in your teeth and well, they rip out your teeth. Apparently, the people back then fucking loved them because <sighs> he like made an ass load of money and then was like, "What if I start a society that's gonna ruin the United States of America and the entire world?" I feel like <laughs> obviously we don't like the Koch brothers, but I feel like you know your Bain Capitals. Yeah, you know, it yeah. makes sense that a like 
just a vague financial institution would bring about the apocalypse yeah. due to uh, bad faith arguments and other vaguely evil choices. But a Candyman? A yeah. Candyman who brings a smile to children's yeah, faces I know. every day? Now, Tim, did you you mentioned the Koch brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Koch, the daddy of the Koch brothers, was one of the co-founders of the John Birch Society. We should go back in time... <laughs> And redacted. Yeah. Um. You, you, and do you know who was a financier of the society and a close friend of Robert Welch Jr.? Well, uh, Fred Trump. That's Trump's dad. We should also go back in time mm-hmm. and redacted. Mm-hmm. In, insert whatever. Uh. Yeah. The John Birch Society fucking hates the UN. They hate it so much. Uh. And like the John Birch Society, like legit, like. <sighs> I'm going to have to just do a full-on deep dive. This is where I was, like, about to lose myself in in the research. Yeah, I mean, Jennifer, we eventually have to start doing full-on last podcast on the left style episodes on shit like this. Because I already knew that Tim Leahy founded the Council for National Policy, which we've talked about before on here, and is very evil and, like, has all the names you'd expect with it. But I didn't realize that he was also, like, a big John Birch dude. And it makes Mm. complete sense. It's, like, complete overlap. But... I I love all of this because it's, like, the least interesting version of Metal Metal Gear Solid. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, I'm listening. In Metal Gear Solid, there's, like, these ancient dead presidents that are, like, a computer that have this uh, poison called Fox Die and okay. take over the world with these Metal Gears, which are mobile nuke platforms, yada, yada, yada. So that's what the UN's up to, and is what you're saying? Well, it's, like, <laughs> it's not really about the UN. It's more about, like, the president. There's, like, actually a secret other president. Oh, And he's in right. charge. Okay, okay. And so it's, it's, like, all these w- war mercenaries, yada, yada, yada. But this is a boring version of it. Yeah. It's basically everyone that, like, argues with the free sample lady at Costco. <laughs> They're it, part of this. <laughs> yeah. So instead of some cool, like, vampire Russian guy. No. It's just like, what? I, I just, well, I mean, she got a bigger piece of the, 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 the cookie. Yeah. No, it's just like a bunch of ancient, hateful old dudes that uh, are miserable. Yeah. And, and I know that we shouldn't cast wide nets nor body shame, but they all have that old, weird, old man dick. Yeah. <laughs> we just, they just do. Yeah, it's kind of what my dick looked like after <laughs> I got my uh, vasectomy and everything was like kind of swollen. Kind That's, of fucked up yeah, down there. They, they all got the like weird fupas in their balls or just oh. like uh, the bottom half of a coconut and their little dick just kind of points oh, out like, like like a pigtail. I don't like thinking about that at all. Yeah, all their dicks are like that. I mean, yeah. they get hard and they work. They work. But, well, because they have the meds for that. That's they true. make it work. That's true. They inject it. <laughs> we have said that uh, we're finally in it four times and it is funny to me that the fact that the um, uh, exploding of a man outside of a pub <gasps> yeah. feels less in it like, than we're, we're, what is happening right like, now. <laughs> we're so far beyond that now. Yeah. That's like nothing. I think we've entered, um, we're in it, uh, in a substrata in that we're no longer getting the voice of the narrator, so to speak, that is, um, neutral. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we, we're, we're the, the, um, we're no longer letting our main characters and the plot be like, isn't it fucking crazy that yeah. the rapture happened and like people are crazy if, if they think it's the rapture? Now we're full on into like con- re- religious conspiracy theory fear mongering. Super. Like, again, like again, reading this, because I, I have, I think as I've mentioned on this before, been listening to a lot of uh, Knowledge Fight, which is analyzing Alex Jones. And it's just like, dude, this is the same shit. And it's been the same shit. And like, also, 
I truly am starting to feel like like Tim LaHaye can kind of be dr- said to be directly responsible for Trump becoming president. Sure. No, I mean, I, I feel like that's not even that crazy to say. I mean, the problem, too, is like I don't want people to necessarily think that we think that uh, Tim LaHaye is a Metal Gear Solid boss. No, he's dead. He's super dead. <laughs> that doesn't always <laughs> okay. matter. That doesn't okay. always matter. Oh, oh, okay, okay. There's I don't actually know, I don't a, know lot of, there's a lot of dead people who are back and they, you know, maybe they're – Maybe if there's a liquid and metal and punished Tim LaHaye, I would love to see it very badly. I don't even know what that means, but but I'm scared. All right, let's start talk about Outer Heaven. We're big boss no. train. <laughs> Chapter 14. Woo, guys. Rayford and Chloe get back to Chicago and they discuss Hattie coming over for dinner. I'm sure the dynamics here won't be weird. No, nope, I'm sure not at all. Uh, I did. Th- Again, this is another one of those, like, this section is very short and almost nothing happens. Uh, <laughs> but has, like, four wild things. Yeah. So, so, number one, Chloe's like, yeah, man, I'm fine if she comes over as long as you don't expect me to cook or something sexist and domestic like that. I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. Get Tell it. your dad fuck off. That being said, um, I feel like this is absolutely an annoying trope. And we cannot, oh, we cannot celebrate Chloe here. No. Razzing her dad because R- Rayford is the main character. He's the first one. To get saved. Yes. He's the good guy. I think this is just, unfortunately, 110% an annoying feminist. Oh, 1,000%. And I think that I also noticed in these chapters, it started to get really egregious when the writers were, like, putting words in a type of person's mouth. <laughs> oh my, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, because some of the things in, sorry, spoiler, some of the things that Nikolai Carpathia was saying was like, he would never, this makes no sense for him to say. Yeah. We'll get to it. I don't want to get too into it. But, but then, yeah, then obviously a, she's supposed to be like annoying here, but I'm like, yeah, there's rules. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know what to, I don't know. I don't think there are any part of it rules, unfortunately, because I think there's no way to do this version correctly. Because no, no. If, if she w- didn't just come back from college and he didn't just lose his wife, then, you know, maybe things would be slightly different. But the fact is, it's just kind of like boring, tropey shit. And yes, I, I know that like we're kind of talking about both the trope and the writing. We both agree the writing's not good, but like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's just misses the mark and it's not even close to being uh, uh, successful. But that, that might not even be what you're saying. See, well, no, I just, again, is every time Chloe says like a cool thing, like obviously the writer disagrees with her, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, girl, I get it. I like okay, it. that's fair. That's fair. That's, that's fair. all I'm saying. Like, I don't think that. You know, LaHaye and Jenkins are like, she's a girl boss. <laughs> that is true. But, but when, you know, <laughs> Ray was like, no, 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 you don't have to cook. I'll simply get Chinese food or something. And she's like, wait, you know what food she likes? Yeah, that was also a real Why don't weird. you just suck her pussy hole in front of me? <laughs> Dad, with the orange chicken, okay? <laughs> I think that was an insane thing to say. And they have to balance it out. Like, hey, man, girl boss, yes, but also an insane emotional female. Oh, there oh, there was like a really bad example of this at some point during these chapters. Yeah, let's um, just say there's an argument oh with Oh, my Hattie. God. Oh, my God. So the only other important thing that happens in this section is that it's uh, established that Rayford is going to drive the other car home that needs gas and go to the grocery store. Because he's picking up his car from the airport. He's picking up his car from the airport. Chloe is driving Rayford's car 
or she's going to drive Ray for his car straight home. The BMW that he's like, does my princess really want to? Oh my God. Regardless, they're not going home at the same time. Rafer's going on a mission to the grocery store first. That's, we'll get back to that. And he needs to get gas. He's got to get gas. Very important. So Chloe, who's a woman, by the way, will be all alone in Big House. But there's like a little line that's like, I, at first I was clinching up my bottom. Right. Cause like, okay, well, obviously this is going to be like a thing. Like, why are they making such a point of this? Well, I thought it was because she was. They're like, "Oh, Chloe's too weak to be alone, or too scared, or she's just like a frail little thing." And then, you know, the way they talked about it, it was like, "Yeah, it does kind of make sense that it is spooky right. to be alone." She's in just this sad because she yeah. hasn't been in the house by herself totally. since her mom and brother just. So I gotta give it. I gotta give it an up. Like that's fair to to be. And she and she like even says something kind of like badass. Like, I don't believe in ghosts. I'll be fine. Like it's kind of awesome. I don't think, but I don't think it's on purpose at all. Because I kind of took it the opposite way of like, take the way that you don't like the way she says "daddy" and now uh, say, "I'm a big girl. I'm afraid of ghosts." Yeah, fair enough. Fair but enough. I don't know. Whatever. Regardless. All right. Now we cut over to Buck, who has the, the Carpathia's captivating UN speech has just ended. You guys remember it? And that's why we had to take a week off. We had because to. I know all of you were just. Radiantly glowing, yeah. overwhelmed by all of the you juicy, were, juicy UN stuff. You were all pissing and shitting and crying <laughs> because uh, Nikolai Carpathia said a bunch of countries in alphabetical mm-hmm. order. But yeah, in the aftermath of this this speech that everyone is in love with, everyone discovers that Buck's still alive. Actually, which is funny because yeah. it's all his rivals and, and not just like, the we rivals. We hate you. Uh, well, this one dude said something that I thought was real funny, which is, you'll do anything to get a scoop, even if you're so bought up. <laughs> which is quite funny. That is good. It is good to make fun of Buck in that way. Uh, so they're, they're at a, uh, the post-UN speech press conference. That's where all this is going down. And just, all right, let's add some more things to Carpathia's <laughs> weird powers list. <laughs> Tim, can you actually read this little quote right here? At one point or another, Buck noticed... Carpathia met the eyes of every person in the room, at least briefly. He seemed to have an unusually good eyesight. Like, okay, what? <laughs> like, are they trying? I'm like, is this Homelander? Is this a vampire? What are they saying? <laughs> I just, I'm, yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't supposed to be Buck pointing this out, it would, it's, it would feel slightly less weird. But the fact that he's just sitting there being like, Oh my oh, god, his yeah. eyes are so good. How do you read Greg all the way over there? Yeah, like, he's like, oh, I bet he's got 2010 vision. <laughs> <laughs> it's an insane thing to say, and I gotta give it up. So this is the part where, so, so Carpathia starts to answer questions from the crowd at this press conference, and the things that he says tells you so much about the worldview of LaHaye and Jenkins. Because, mm-hmm. number one, like, so he goes in this thing talking about, like, what the UN has been up to. And he mentions that the UN was in decline because Reagan escalated East-West controversies, which I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Whatever. <laughs> I, I feel like one could argue that's technically a Reagan diss, maybe. I, I don't see that. That's why I'm like, it must not be a Reagan diss. <laughs> because you know he wants to suck Reagan's dick. Yeah, that's what really confused me because there's no way to me that he would be critical. But the way I took it was – Nikolai was coming from the point of UN good, right? Reagan made so UN he's bad. like being the the like annoying liberal. Like this is my perspective on Reagan. Maybe I don't know. Then the next part is what started to blow my mind. 
With the end of the Cold War in the 1990s, however, your next president, Mr. Bush, (laughs) recognized what he called the New World Order, which resonated deep within my young heart. Like, like him, like, okay, like, we all in this world know that the phrase New World Order is like- Is a wrestling term. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, is it? Okay. Okay. Macho Man was in it. Jennifer, I'm making a wolf with I'm, my face. Well, I'm we're doing supposed it to kiss. Oh, we're, Kevin Nash. Our wolves are kissing. Yeah. So wait, so, but this, uh, that actually isn't fully baffling to me, though, because, like, New World I Order. I probably have an NWO shirt. But did, like, people acknowledge the, like, crossover of those things? But there's no real. Like, we're about wrestling. We're not about a cabal that's trying to take over the world. Yeah. I mean, is it, I don't know what Bush said. I, I didn't. Yeah, I thought he said I, axis of evil. Or oh, I don't know. Well, that's it. I feel I, that's another thing I'd have to like go in yeah. to, to research. But regardless, like the whole thing is like we in this book, forgetting about NWO wrestling, <laughs> know that the New World Order is a bad thing. Yeah. But Nick, like Harpathy's like, I heard it and my heart thrilled with joy. I love it. So, so wait, like, oh, he's the Satan. He's is bad. the implication here that Bush Senior said that the New World Order is good? No, he's saying Bush doesn't like the UN, and he's calling it that. I think. I don't know. I don't think of it that way. Not that. Not not the way that it was written in the in the. But in well, the, so let me continue. Because like I feel like New World Order means new way of doing things versus a shadowy cabal thing. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm probably just brain poisoned from all the places <laughs> I go online. But then then he says this. The UN has its legacy in the League of Nations, which I believe was the first international peacekeeping body. It came about at the end of the First World War, but when it failed to prevent a second, it became anachronistic. Out of that failure came the United Nations, which must remain strong to prevent World War III, which would result in the end of life as we know it. (laughs) So, okay, Carpathia, what you're saying to me is like, well, literally nothing that's had this role has ever worked, but we gotta do it. Like, that's the framing of it. Like, this feels like a fake, mm-hmm. like, a, a fake thing that, like, a, a right-winger would have a left-wing person say, like, well, it's all, it's, it didn't work in the past, but I'm going to try it. It's going to work now. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But I also do feel like the UN nowadays is kind of built to stop World War Three, so it doesn't necessarily feel that insane. But the fact that he keeps bringing up how it's, like, fucked up in the past. Like, well, the League of Nations didn't do anything, and then the, the UN became anachronistic, yeah. and now it's kind of trying to come well, back. Well, I think he's blaming, he's blaming the other world leaders, like Reagan and things of that nature, who got in the way, and now that they're finally in a situation yeah. that they can, you know, try to move forward, and, and, and there's no other apparatus that can stop World War Three except for the UN. Right. So then, so again, remember, this is a press conference. So topic turns to different things. Someone asks him what his thoughts are. Yeah, they're kind of just shouting out. <laughs> Which would make, kind of makes sense. Like, fair enough. Like, yeah. that's how a press conference goes. Uh, and someone asks about the disappearances. And Nikolai's like, mm, I think that it was an atmospheric phenomenon involving lightning and nuclear stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like not Jesus. Time Rosenzweig is looking it up, and they don't know yet. But we're <laughs> he's pretty running, sure running the figures. You know, we're pretty sure it was a result of all the nuclear weapons <laughs> just existing. Yeah, just they being added, here. They added new particles to the atmosphere, and then a lightning happened, and then everyone disappeared at the same time, and everyone disappeared because 
They had weak electricity in their bodies. Yeah, like, or they couldn't, because that, that was their, like, theory, like, well, the kids, like, couldn't deal with the mm-hmm. electricity or mm-hmm. something. And I swear, I was, like, again, on one of my many podcasts that I listen <laughs> to that are very cursed, like, someone was just talking about, like, getting, like, your your electricity fixed in your body. And I'm like, oh, God, is this, like, a whole other, like, to. conspiracy theory you thing need, that you, I don't know you, about? You need to do that. You need to make sure it's good and yeah, flowing you, the right way. Yeah, you need to align your electricity. <laughs> you need to put your finger in a light socket. But it's also interesting to me because this is tied directly to his disarmament thing of like, hey man, right. these nukes are going to make us keep disappearing. Yeah, exactly. And then also, again, a thing of a character saying a thing that obviously the writers don't agree with, but I think is sick. Nikolai Carpathia says, if there is a god, I respectfully submit this is not the capricious way in which he would operate. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we as a reader are supposed to start to be picking up that he is the Antichrist. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I think it's really interesting when they put, like, very reasonable statements in the mouths of people that are, yeah. like, supposed to be, like, evil. Well, I think that is sort of the point is, like, they feel like the Antichrist is not going to be cartoonish. So they want the reader to be warned. They want the reader to have a tape to watch where right. everyone's gone. They right. want people to have their eyes open, not just for a cartoon evil man. Right. But a wolf in sheep's clothing, so to speak. Which is fucking how we've gotten QAnon shit. Like, never yeah. trust anyone in the government. They might be the Antichrist deep down. Yeah. The one thing that I was kind of surprised by, and it was a little bit of my preconceived assumptions, is the way that he responds to the religion thing. And I was like, oh, well, oh, wait. He probably is going to claim that religion is real. He's probably just yeah. exclusively going to say that... Christianity is not, you know, because he's go. He yeah. says later that he's going to go speak at that all world religion, the ecumenical thing, thing right? So he's going to he, he's going to have a religion. Yeah, because at first not I was like, Christianity. How are you going to define what's a baby inside of a a, a body and their electricity versus right. someone else? It's like okay, well, they'll probably say that there is some concept of yeah. the human thing and uh spiritualism yada 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 so i thought that was interesting and i think he did a good job of like basically being like hey man i don't think it was uh uh the biblical rapture because that's not very nice one and also yeah there's a lot of really great people still on this earth okay right they should have gone so so as tim alluded to (laughs) we then find out the Heim Rosenzweig has gotten Carpathia an invite to the upcoming ecumenical religious confab. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Nikolai says, There I will discuss my views of millenarianism, eschatology, the last judgment, and the second coming of Christ. Literally, what are you fucking talking about? Millen- millen- Millenari- like millennialism. Millenarianism. 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 Uh, I'm glad that we're not called millenarians. Yeah, that's instead too of millennial. That's too hard. That that would suck. I can't spell millennial as it is. <laughs> There's too too many double letters. I think it's wild that why does he say last judgment and second coming of Christ? I it, think he only yeah. says that because he's the Antichrist. It's, that's what I'm saying. He says it makes no sense. But like, I don't think he's supposed to know he's the Antichrist, I thought. I don't remember. Th- the only thing I can think is that, like, this ecumenical confab is, like, about just the end times. Why is he calling out Jesus specifically? Why know, did this, like, why? I guess there's an argument Why is that with the last judgment? That's, like, a Christian thing. What do you exactly, say? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, I don't know if there's any overlap with other religions on that shit, because, you know, everything's borrowed and stolen. You're I mean, maybe, way, but... way more educated on that stuff. <sighs> but, like, 
I mean, I guess the assumption too is that, you know, this, this, this meeting was planned for months and months. And now since then, Just a giant religious there. thing happened. So they're going to obviously mention the end times, right? So I, I, it's confusing, but like, Obviously, they're going to talk about this, not just what they were going to talk about before. A lot of PowerPoints need to get edited for this old meeting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like all the admin around this are going to be very stressed out. Yeah. Um, I am dying to get to the ecumenical confab part. I'm excited. I like. I cannot wait. I'm excited. Uh, another fun thing that happens in this section is that we find out that some people are calling Nikolai Carpathia Saint Nick. It's uh, pretty on the nose. <laughs> Not very funny. It's really stupid. <laughs> but uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. No, it's dumb as hell. <laughs> uh, so Buck, Buck gets back to his apartment with his boss, Steve Plank, to prep for his interview and, like, immediately starts undressing in front of his boss to yeah. get in the shower. So this is the, this <laughs> what is, is happening? <laughs> this is the, the flow of th- things. And I just have to assume he lives in Seinfeld's apartment because <laughs> that's the only real layout that makes sense to me. So he's on his way to his ba- to the bathroom, and he starts getting nude. And on the way to bathroom during yeah. new time, yeah. he presses the answering machine button, and then just stands in the bathroom and listens, like half nude with his boss. Yeah, and I think there's like a million ways that it's not weird. It's just uh, that they didn't say that, and no, it's such a weird sentence. I think it's really weird. Like Buck is not a Christian, so he's standing there nude, dick out in front of his boss. Like, hey, Steve Plank, look at my dick. <laughs> You like this? I know. Something that wasn't raptured. Suck it. But they have a whole conversation because Buck is worried that Carpathia is connected to Stonigal. Who's connected to Todd Cothran? Who tried to kill him very recently? Yeah, definitely. But everyone's just so fucking in love with Nikolai Carpathia that even Buck is like... Until he proves otherwise, I'm going to trust Nikolai Carpathia. <laughs> yeah. Buck, you fucked up so bad. This Buck, is literally the Antichrist. <laughs> you dumbass. He's the Antichrist. He's going to sacrifice a pig on an altar. Come yeah, on, man. He's going to fuck Hattie. Probably. Stop. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't say that. All right. We cut from Buck. Go back to Rayford. He's getting home from the grocery store. And at first he's like... Oh, how nice my beautiful daughter, Chloe, left the garage door open for Surprise, me. Surprise, she did a smart thing. Oh, wait, what's that? Things are missing from my garage. Oh, no, they've been burgled. Yeah, the freaking door was bashed open, and they took all the silver, which is what people used to have back in the day. Yeah, they had silver. They took um, um, Raimi's four-wheeler. <laughs> they talked about that. They, they, <laughs> TV. VCR, valuables. VHSs, all the VHSs. All the expensive shit. All the VHSs. Oh. Which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> uh, Chloe ran over to a neighbor's house, and this is where there's a line where she's like, Oh, daddy, she said crying. <laughs> like, it's literally like what we make fun of, and they yeah. just do it. They just do it. Uh, get uh, an editor, dumbass. Come on. Uh, then the cops came by, and this made me laugh a lot, too. The cops like, this kind of crime is up 200% here in the last week alone, the officer said. The bad guys know we don't have the time or manpower to do a pleasant thing about it. Yeah, because cops <laughs> did so much about it before. Yeah, what? Jesus. What are you doing now? I mean, yeah, this is why where we've entered the explicit zone. Yeah. There's no more subtext. The bad they, guys. <laughs> they're like, hey, man, we are, we're taking both sides here to lure you in. No. Not anymore, baby. No, no, we're going <laughs> Full right winger. Yep. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So they take all their shit, and Chloe is so shaken by the burglary that she's like, Daddy, can we get another rapture tape, please? Uh, and then she laughs about the thieves watching the tape. Well, hey, man. That was kind of funny. The Lord works in mysterious ways, and I'm sure this happened for a reason. It's so that Chloe will become a Christian and that these thieves become Christians. And it's good, actually, that it happened. Chapter 15! Ah! Uh, Come back to book, still undressing in front of his boss. They said that. They said he's still undressing. It's a chapter break, and they're still undressing. (laughs) He's still doing it! We've gone, like, three days in three cities in between chapter breaks, but not anymore. Nope, no. We gotta go. We gotta pick right back up. So, he's checking the answer machine. Hattie has left him a message. And Steve's all like, oh, who's that? And uh, he's like, just a girl. And Steve says, nice. And then she says, better than nice. Gorgeous. Much to unpack here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want her to be nice. I need her to be pretty. I don't, yeah, I have no idea what he even means like, about- Like, why you, again- Is it nice? Every, everything that someone says in this book makes me want to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, because no one would say, like, oh, you met a girl. Is she pleasant company? <laughs> yes, do you have a nice time sipping tea together? And I assume he's saying, is she pretty, by just saying nice, and then better than nice, gorgeous. Maybe nice, we used in a different way in 95. I don't remember. Like, oh, you look nice. But I also I think it's the whole thing of like, oh, find yourself a nice girl. Find yourself a nice boy. That's kind of how I, like, oh, is she nice? Like, That's not, she, is she a good girl? Not Steve. Steve's a bad boy. Oh, Steve, Steve's like, yeah. it is. Hey. Hey. <laughs> he does kind of seem like that type. Yeah. Just from the minimal information we've had, I do feel like he would be like, Buck, I was fucking her. <laughs> he's like, had too many drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's absolutely. Like, you don't mind if I jerk off to you. <laughs> He's absolutely a character from The Wire. Yes. Oh, my God. He's so sad. Like, for sure. Mm -hmm. He definitely does not have a wife. Um, So he finds out that the authorities are looking for him. Both Scotland Yard and Interpol. (laughs) Okay. Wow. Okay. Sure. This was another moment where I was like, wow, Interpol is real. I don't really know anything about that, but I don't have time to research it right now. I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, save that for another day. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they've ever done. Love the band. Love the band. The band is great, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what the real Interpol does. I like that they pointed out that the caller had a thick French accent. We know. That's where they... Misto Boch. <laughs> yeah, so... And, but he literally says that he should go to a police station. Go to the... Any near, like the nearest police station, and then they'll call us, and they have a piece of paper that tells them what to do. I'm like, how deep does this go? Yeah, okay. So I actually had a question because I felt like I couldn't quite understand what they were saying. Are they saying? Are they saying they know exactly where he is? They know which is the the closest police station, or are they saying that they have instructions to every police station on how to call Interpol and like how to deal with it? I think either is impressive and and just as insane in different ways. I do not know what the implication here is. Regardless, Buck's like. I'm not gonna turn myself in. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, so that we 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 pause on that section. For- and I was uh, uh, praising him for still kind of looking out for the conspiracy theory because I just thought they wanted to protect him, but no, they might want to arrest him for blowing up his buddies. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, well, because he knows from what his friend Dirk Burton told him. Yeah. Wait, no, Durburton was the one that first died. Alan Tompkins was the exploded one. Yeah. See, when he was from what Alan Tompkins told them, they're looking for him and wanting to get rid of him. Yeah. They know it's not good. Like, yeah. he knows it's not a good thing. Totally. So, 
Cut back to Rayford and Chloe. Chloe's still scared from the burglary, so she agrees to ride with Rayford to the church to pick up a new rapture tape. It was weird that they mentioned that she don't want to be alone because she wants the tape. You can just say, she since she wanted the tape, she rode with me. Come on, man. No, they need they need to make sure that you know that she's weak and scared <laughs> right now. Uh, <laughs> she has no cross to uh, lean on, you know. No, no. Um, they talk to Pastor Bruce, and it also, this is like, I feel like I have heard this conversation, oy, oy, oy. like, at, like, white family gathering, like, all the time. Explicitly. Uh, Tim, how about you read this little thing? It's becoming an epidemic, he said. It's as if the inner city has moved to the suburbs. We're no safer here anymore. It's just so blatant it's and so blatant. bad. Like, dude, like. Which, okay, so this uh, didn't come up previously, but I was tweeting some people. In the book, or in the the movie, the Kirk Cameron movie, Bruce Barnes is black. And in oh. the book, he is written very, very white. Yeah. And I don't think black Bruce Barnes would say this line. No, her. he would definitely not. So uh, we were kind of like going back and forth on Twitter, just being like, what What do you think it means? Is it right. like... Because they probably wouldn't just hashtag diversity cast, would they? Um, that being said, <sighs> a lot of a times black know. people are... cat Or black men are cast as pastors. Uh, that yeah. is a typecast yeah. in a lot of ways. So that, you know, was an easy call. But, I mean, mo- <laughs> movie version's much better. He didn't say this, and he was very warm. There's a lot of times that this version of Bruce Barnes is, like, kind of neurotic. And sort of shitty. Um, Can I just say, now this is the thing that Tim's going to understand. Probably a lot of you are not going to. It's just going to have to be okay. Tim, I imagine Bruce Barnes as that guy from Hotel Hill in the two-part episode who had the mansion. Who was like, don't talk to me like that. I can see that. I can see that. I don't remember what his name is. Uh, It was a lodge up in Vermont. It was very fucked up. Watch Hotel Hill. It's great. Hotel Hill is great. We love it. Um, but yeah, I, in the book, he definitely comes across as a huge fucking dork. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he runs a church in the suburbs of Chicago for like rich white people. And he, ha- he's such a little cock, he won't even go in the pulpit. Yeah. Like, come on, come dude. On, man. Come on, you gotta go up there. It's just annoying for you to speak yeah. on the ground. So I don't know what it means. I, I, you know, I don't really want to think too deeply on it because then we get, into a weird chaos zone, but I, <laughs> this part did make me kind of roll my eyes for four reasons, and it was definitely one of the reasons being like, oh, it's a little weird how like explicitly dog whistle racist yes, this yes. is, and they cast a black guy. And like, I wonder if they said it in the in the movie. I don't. I bet they didn't have this scene. I hope but. not. I mean, like seriously, the, like the phrase "the inner city has moved to the suburbs for no safer here anymore" is just so fucked up. Yeah, like. And I don't feel like when this came out, people acknowledged it as as that fucked well, up. Well, I, I even think that people could, would hear what we're saying and be like, wait, so you're this saying that inner city is just, you know, not white people. It's like, no, no, this is explicitly white flight. Suburbs exist because of This is a white thing that happened. Like, that. like, this is, like, reverencing, yeah, like, yeah. a whole... This isn't, like, doublespeak where you're twisting people's words. This is, like, the text of what all of this shit means. That's how suburbs... Came to be. <laughs> yeah, they want to not pay taxes so that black children go to bad schools. Yeah. And don't have good roads, but they want to work there and enjoy the fucking free zoo in St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> it's a great fucking zoo. <laughs> pay your fucking taxes. You fucks. You fucks. 
So yeah, it's uh, it's shitty. Um, this is probably one of the weirdest, most explicit, like, like their politics coming through. Moment. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's astounding. It's really blatant. Um, we're gonna get the second most insane oh politics thing later. Buckle up. So Rayford's thinking to himself, like, huh? Maybe the home invasion made Chloe more vulnerable, and therefore she's more open to salvation. Mm. What? Yeah, no shit, and that's why it's fucked up, man. But that's like, how Christians think. You're putting her, like, it's like, I need to lay her low and put, yeah. her, put her in a vulnerable situation I mean, so she'll know she's wrong. Totally, like, th- th- that's the excuse for why children get cannibalized and murdered and thrown in a box for seven months and, like, all these hypothetical horrible situations that have happened to people by serial killers or right, right. international billionaires, like, when a non-Christian is like, well, what about this? Christian's response is, well, God had a plan and maybe it would lead, to the Lord. bring people to the Lord. So I'm sorry, 14 year old that got boiled and eaten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Greg had to get saved across the way in Spokane. It's, it's just like a very inherently like abusive, uh, relationship. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I need to break you down so that you will, like, pledge fealty to me. Right. And <laughs> for eternity. The assumption here too is that, God does the rapture. And yeah, the, he does all this stuff. And the, and the tribulation. So it is another thing of like, technically, yes, that's, the, this is the whole point of the rapture and tribulation time is to give another chunk of people a second chance. But yeah, they're going to have to deal with these dang old inner city people, <sighs> uh, driving carpet trucks to their house. Stealing their VHSs. Yeah. <laughs> stealing their four wheelers. <laughs> In a house that he described as his, like, castle mansion that he didn't need. So, I don't cry at all for your stupid VHS, you bitch. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, oh God, this next part. Lonely Hattie. This is the worst part. This part is... This is the worst by like by a country mile. This is the craziest part of the book, and it might be the I can't see how they're gonna one up this. This is like this is book five shit. Book this is book one. This is like book ten shit, where like they're full in it now, and they're like turning. Uh, uh, they're like, yes, I'm the, the secretary general of the Antichrist. <laughs> Go for Antichrist. Yeah, yeah I'm the Antichrist. Uh, wait, I'm the first Antichrist, like uh, the first lady, but. I'm the comptroller of, of, <laughs> of demonry. So. Yeah, yeah. So, Tim, do you want to explain what happens here? <sighs> this sucks. I, most days I did it because I, I could see how worked up you are. <laughs> I knew it was going to be funny to me. So I had to call us and, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you want me to read this part? 
Well, let me, I'll lay it down and then you can read the quote, okay. actually. Hattie calls in his olive set. And do you know why? Is it because her <laughs> sister doesn't have any more work to do at the abortion factory? Yeah. I'm so, slightly you know, exaggerating. No. But not really. So you know how abortion clinics are like just abortion clinics and they churn out abortions yeah. and they love abortions? And they're like. And they don't do anything else? No, and they like have a whole stack of like fetus, like skulls, like really tiny ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just a business and they like when people get more abortions. Yeah. And, and they're like, abortions. wait, you want to keep your baby? Are you sure you don't want an abortion? She says literally that isn't it kind of sad that her sister doesn't have as much work to do and there's no babies to abort because all the babies got aborted by jesus and now we 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 have to watch all these poor abortion factory owners running out of it's like the most insane thing like ever the way she describes of like yeah. these clinics this is what i'm talking about when it's like no one would talk like this right this is what they think that people who like think abortion is you know, okay in healthcare, this is what they think they talk like. Yeah. Cause this whole thing is like, oh, they want more women to have unwanted pregnancies. He, 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 let's get money. How about Tim, you read Rafer's part and I'll read Hattie's part. Okay. Hattie, um, I don't know how to ask this, but are you saying your sister's hoping women get pregnant again so they'll need abortions and she can keep working? Well, sure. What else is she going to do otherwise? Counseling jobs in other fields are pretty hard to come by, you know. So she was an abortion counselor, and she can't get another job, and her doctor boss only did abortions, and that's it. And they're all out of work, and it's so hard for them. In the abortion factory. Because this is, like, really, like, a one-two punch. Because it's both, like, obviously such an insane parody of, like abortion stuff. Yeah. But it's also, like, reminding you how stupid Hattie is. Yeah. Isn't she so stupid? Yeah. Sinful? Yeah. This is a... She wants abortions to happen. She's so worldly, gang. I'm... I'm, I sure hope we don't have a fight with her at the very end. (laughs) That is also written insane. No, this is, like, such a crazy and fucked up part that feels the most that they are, like... Here's what I believe. It's cartoonish. It's cartoonish. Like, this is clown shit. Why, out of all <laughs> the things you can mention and talk about, you're like, my poor abortion doer sister doesn't have She's as many abortions work to these do. these days. She's going to have to get herself a little bindle and hit the road and try to get, convince people to get pregnant so she can abort some more. There's a million jobs that are needed. Yeah, these, like, well, t- t- uh, counseling jobs are hard to come by, Hattie. What and the author, about? Everyone fucking disappeared, you dummy. And yeah, there's plenty of open jobs. It's a great point. <laughs> there's so many open jobs right now. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, also, like, anyone, like, you could just, like, go to different, like, careers. Like, as if, like, my degree has anything to do with my job. Like, it doesn't right. fucking matter. And, frankly, I guess I don't technically know what happens at... I feel like now maybe there are, like, explicit abortion clinics because of all the cues and how inefficient everything is. They probably... Well, because they all get, like, herded into, like, one exactly. or two because so, they're not, like, they, they can't So like, at this point, happen. there is probably, quote-unquote, <laughs> abortion factories. But, like, these people would be uh, thrilled to have no one needing abortion so they can get focused on, like, other yes. reproductive health yes. things. Like, Planned Parenthood is not about abortions. It's about, like, safe reproductive health. What the fuck is happening? It's re- insane. Do you remember that one Onion article about the, like, abortion plex? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like all the right wingers were like, "This is real. It happens." <laughs> like, no, it's not real. It's the and, and I think that it's like this is like truly this is what they think. Yes, I actually. Sorry, I just want to look it up because Rayford even says. That's kind of like a doctor hoping people get sick so he gets more patients. Now you're getting it, Rayford. This is totally pill-worthy shit. This is explicitly things to pill you on doctors lying and there's abortion factories. Can I read just the title of the very first paragraph of this Onion article? Planned Parenthood opens $8 billion abortion place. (laughs) (laughs) Topeka, Kansas. Planned Parenthood announced Tuesday the grand opening of its long-planned $8 billion abortion plex, a sprawling abortion facility that will allow the organization to terminate unborn lives with an efficiency never thought before thought possible. And I think that's a picture of the Boston Convention Center. Oh, is it really? <laughs> it kind of looks like Hell it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> And it's a sign that says abortions, 8,864,902 terminated. <laughs> so I assume that's where Hattie's sister is working. She's working in the abortion place. Yeah. So, oh, one thing <laughs> that's real, actually. One thing we didn't super focus on is that we're pretty close to, like, acknowledging that, that our world's the same and we diverted at some point. Because he said Bush – before. Right. And I don't re- remember. But, okay, so here's the thing, president. too. I actually did end up looking this up okay. a little bit. So by the time that this came out, Clinton became president, which I yeah. think just worked them up into in, in more of a fervor and made them write even crazier shit. Yeah, Bill Clinton was president theoretically the year before this came out. Yeah, so and, I think that got him riled up. And uh, Like, I, oh, God, we're, we're, we're doomed. I feel like he wrote this quick, and we, that means he, they knew that Bill Clinton was going to be yeah. president in November yeah. of, of 92. Yeah. This came out sometime in 94, I forget. So, yeah, this is... I think he, like, conceived of it in 94, and it came out in 95, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the time... Clinton was president by the time this came out. Right. And That's it's, the important And it's thing. definitely, like... Okay, something happened in their world versus ours, and now they have <laughs> they have three currencies, yada yada yada. I definitely wanted to point out the fact that they mentioned real world presidents explicitly, yes. and explicitly ones that were president like three weeks ago. Very recently, yes. yes. <laughs> um, I you know, to all those abortion plex job lo- losers in the rapture, that's who really suffers. Yes, exactly. They're the ones that have suffered the most in yeah, this. The baby murderers can't yeah. murder any baby. But like they're again, addicted to it. Yeah, God did did it for them, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, wasn't this like a, ma- a mass abortion? I feel like we made this joke already. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. So, back to Buck. Uh, he finds out that people are looking for him at the Global Weekly. Is that the name? I, I constantly forget the name of his stupid Let's say sure. The Globe, whatever his fucking newspaper is. They're looking for him there. So, Steve Plank comes up with, I gotta admit, a pretty sweet idea. <laughs> because Buck is supposed to be meeting with Nikolai Carpathia at his hotel, like, right. later that evening. Later that night, after Carpathia does, like, six more interviews. Yeah. But he's being haunted, y'all. Everyone is looking for Bucks. They're yeah, they like, kind of... How are we gonna do this? Raz, uh, Steve kind of razzes Buck about, like, the whole vibe of, like, what they're doing. Oh, it's like spice Because... <laughs> Steve is going to take Buck's fake ID. Yeah, the, the, the George Oreskovich. Because everyone ID. knows that that's fake, 
so that Steve going first will slow everyone down, and yeah. therefore Buck, who now has Steve has Steve's ID name tag, yeah, can sneak in or whatever. So, and they're kind of like laughing about it. But on their way out, there's two unmarked cop cars by his house. Yeah, so it's like, oh, dude, like we're legit in a spy situation. So they end up going over to Marge Potter's house. That's the lady that the the secretary. Or large Marge. Large Marge. Uh, they go to Large Marge's house to to watch. Carpathia's interview on Nightlight to prepare. I mean, and again, we have to say this is, it feels anachronistic, but I could see everything happening the way they're describing in 1995. (sighs) Oh, yeah. No, I don't feel like this feels anachronistic at all. Like, I didn't. Meaning for our time period. Oh, now it feels fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, they talk about Marge's husband being like, well, I normally watch my match reruns at this time, but okay. (laughs) But she's like, you can tape your mash reruns. The show that's been off the air for 20 years. Like, ah, I already have, only have this episode on three VHS. <laughs> right, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think Marge's husband rocks. Yeah, oh, I, I 100% agree. So they all watch Carpathia's talk on Nightline. And this this part also just absolutely, like, exploded my brain. This is an insane part. and, and It's, it's just, so crazy. And they went to Marge's house because they thought they would get found at Steve's house faster. And Marge lives near there. So you have Steve Plank, Buck, Marge. Is Marge the secretary? Marge is, I think, Steve Plank's, like, secretary. And uh, um, uh, Marge's rad, grumpy husband. Yeah, who loves to sit in his chair and watch his match reruns. I wish they mentioned And call people in Italian. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He he calls Carpathia because he's, like, he's Romanian. He's, like, he's Italian. Like, no, he's not Roman. What are you saying? Well, that's what the team... Okay, we have to talk about this Yeah, we have to. It's crazy. So Carpathia is getting interviewed by the Nightline dude. And uh, number one right out the gate, the interviewers only wants to talk about him being nominated as the new sexiest man alive. So on top of him being a out-of-nowhere Romanian president on unprecedented yeah. times, he is now, like, what is it? They mentioned it was, like, March or something like that? Yeah, it was, like, just, it had been, like, two months earlier, and they're like, actually, we normally wait a year, but sorry, previous sexiest man alive, you are no longer the sexiest man alive. So... Just let that sink in, friends. Not only is he so good at remembering everyone's UN names and things like that, but Time Magazine gave him Sexiest Man Alive and got rid of their, like, Joe Jonas or whatever version of it. I mean, he'd make a joke of, like, well, the previous uh, winner. A young singing star. (laughs) A young singing star maybe destroyed his hotel room, and so maybe that's why they did it. But again, this is just part of the bucket of insanity of why Nikolai Carpathia is so great, and it's so fucking crazy. (laughs) So, like, a thing that he says in this, because the dude is, like, ask him, like, is it true that they've already named you the sexiest man alive? And he's like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And he says... I was under the impression that they do this sexy man coverage in January each year. <laughs> so it's too early for next year, too close to this year's. And the guy's like, exactly. exactly. It's unprecedented. You're the sexiest man alive. <laughs> I think they write Nikolai very well here. I think. I they, agree. I'm on his side, like 100%. Yeah, uh, the way he's just like, I didn't know who that, that, that uh, singing star was. But yeah, I guess he trashes hotel rooms. I mean, that's why they're doing it. Also, I don't think I'm sexy. Yeah, he says, I do not consider myself sexy. <laughs> yeah, this young Robert Redford. Right, and then they've said multiple times that he looks like young Robert Redford. It's an insane thing to add, but I, one thing I liked about the tenor of this conversation was 
you know, this is the first time we're seeing him kind of talk back and forth to people. Sure, we had a little bit of that in the previous chunk. The press conference is like, that's a different vibe. Yeah. Than a one-on-one conversation. Exactly. And just like yelling your questions That's out. like made for entertainment. So he is kind of going back and forth with him quick mm-hmm. and interrupting him. And, like, asking about his past and, like, what are you doing here? What are you about this? Because at first I thought the whole joke was going to be, like, oh, my God, he's just doing, like, a softball exactly. interview. Exactly. And he wants to talk about legit things. But then he, like, sneaks in and, like, did you kill your business associate? <laughs> <laughs> I have got to give it up for it. Like, yeah. You got to hand it to the guy. Because it's not written about that. It's The content at first is a softball interview. But the way it's written is not. Because it's like, isn't it true that you're the sexiest man? And he's like, what? Isn't it true that you just did the Time Magazine? Like, I I mean, I don't understand why this is important. Okay, well, what about this? It's like, you've actually completely thrown me for a loop. I was (laughs) fully ready to talk about the UN, and you just keep asking me about how sexy I am. (laughs) But then uh, Marge's husband was like, all right, I like this guy. He's smooth. He did, yeah, no, he said, said, this Roman kid is light on his feet. (laughs) (laughs) Because earlier... This is another insane thing, which I assume uh, is uh, mentioning uh, con- conspiracy theory slash prophecy. What basically happens is the interviewer is like attacking him, parentheses positively, <laughs> saying, "How are you handling all this newfound fame?" Yeah, and Nikolai's like, "Oh, like most people from Western Europe, I'm really or from Europe, and yeah. most especially Western Europe, I'm really." astounded at your American technology. Yeah, yeah. Meaning, how do you have a TV to yeah, get information like back in, and forth? In uh, Romania, we do not have TV. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the interviewer, like, quickly interrupts him. He's like, wait a second. You said you're from Romania, but aren't you actually... And I, I, I meant to reread the section because it's insane. But he says something like, aren't you actually, like, your heritage is Italian? I, so I can read it. I've got it up. But isn't it true, sir, that your roots are actually in Western Europe? Oh, because he's from Eastern Europe, Romania. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I have a direction dyslexia. Yeah, it's, it, it'll happen sometimes. I want to get a tattoo that says TLL. <laughs> and it's, you know? And it's, all, and it's, it's slightly canted, so uh, uh, it's an honor to my grandpa's tattoo okay. that he got, gotten, uh-huh. that uh-huh. He got a stick and poke yeah, yeah. in Korea, the Korean War because they're afraid they're going to get blown up. And since I'm lightly directional dyslexic, it'll be the my L's and then on my left arm. left arm. And if it's slightly tilted, it looks like a W. West. Left. West. Whoa. But yeah, so... <laughs> Your face just... <laughs> did I... Did I... What, what was it? It's like, whoa. I mean, you're... you're your, your whoa noise matched your face like yeah. explicitly. No, I feel like everything about everything we're talking about in this is causing <laughs> my brain to explode. So yeah, so he says, but isn't it true, sir, that your roots were actually in Western Europe? Though you were born in Romania, are you not by actually Italian? Uh, and he said, that's true, as uh, is true of many native Romanians. Um, let me give you a quick hint. What the fuck is the name of our country? Roman. Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, probably some people are from there. I thought that was such an insane thing to be like. Like wait, why? Like what was he trying? Like what a like what's the gotcha wait, there? You're born in Romania, but isn't your mom Greek? How are I mean, you? Like yeah, people yeah, go other places. I was. I'm a third generation <laughs> fucking Romanian. My mom, my great grandma was in, was in Greece. Is that bad? It's like. So you're like really sexy, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this this uh, interview really takes into it. It's bonkers, terms. and I got to give it up because it is ri- it's written insanely but tightly. Yes, 
They love to write Carpathia good. They do, and honestly, like again, like I, they write him in a way that I'm pulling for him all the time. Which almost, I'm like, I feel like, are they trying to do that, or are they trying to not do that? I don't know. One of my favorite things is writing fan fiction of what the quote unquote writers' room was, which oh probably God. it's just Jenkins smoking a cigarette, cranking this shit right, out. Right? Yeah. Um, but like, I imagine they had phone calls or meetings, and I just, you know, fan fiction style, like, well, we gotta really sell how easy and smooth this guy is, but I think you're doing a Good job. Can you kind of tone it back? This guy rocks. Oh, uh, can you get some more references to the New World Order in here <laughs> real quick? Can you talk about more of the One World Currency? Maybe mention that he his like big feet and his toenails. He doesn't have to trim that much, which is, which is good. <laughs> yeah. That's good now, actually. It's good for some reason. That's a superpower. Yeah. Uh, so. As I've said, the interview kind of started off kind of softball, but weird. And then he's like, did you kill your business associate? And he's like, no, I didn't. No, he was my best friend, and I was so sad. So and that's just sad. like what people would say who are against a pacifist. Yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, then Carpe is like, okay, just saying it again. I'm a pacifist, and I promote disarmament. His plan is... To basically, like, re- he, they go into, like, a lot of detail about, like, how he would reorganize the UN. I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, there used to be five permanent members. And well, this so the important part blah, is, blah, blah. it's like, going from five permanent members to a rotating uh, 20 temporary members for a total of 25, with the five getting veto. He says he wants to change it to a full 10 or 15. Yeah, it was just, I think it was just 10. And, and it has to be unanimous. And it has to be unanimous amongst all of them to do anything. And the interviewer's like, but what that are sounds you talking about? like a nightmare. He's like, no, 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 I think it'll be good because that means everyone will be in one accord. They have to get consistent. Because it's not it. like the bureaucracy of, of institutions like this has slowed things down in the past. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, whatever, dude. You're reorganizing. Yeah. Shit. They Fine. also, like, touched on the interviewer asking how he became president, too. So it was very yeah, interesting. Like, like, kind of like being like, this seems shady. Yeah. Is what, like, it seemed like he was implying. But, but, which is good because it does sound very shady. And everybody's like, no, the people love it. They just, they voted for it. Hey, you're him. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good to hear it from Carpathia's own lips of what happened. And yes. basically, he's like, yeah, the president wanted me to become the president, so I did it. And then everyone voted for it. But then the interviewer was like, but that happened afterwards, right? He's like, yes. And I could have been the briefest president of Romanian history, which she said as a joke. Right. But it still is an insane thing. It's still very crazy. But the, the uh, disarmament is like, wild and important and again this is the thing that like super anti-un people this is exactly what they're afraid of happening because his plan is that the un is basically the world is going to destroy 90 percent of its weapons and give the remaining 10 percent to the un so this is a hundred percent disarmament by every country on the planet yeah like technically each country keeps the 10 percent but it's like being the UN is taking charge of it. Oh, is they're that putting, the they're put, Yeah, they're putting it like in the safekeeping of the UN, which then gives the UN the ability to police everything. Yeah. So it's like very quickly making it the one world government. Situation. And I kind of thought he was just focusing on nuclear weapons and not everything. But my man <sighs> wants to t- get rid of everything. Because though, like, let me let me read what the book says. The time is right for the peoples of the world to rise up and insist that their governments disarm and destroy all but 10% of their weapons. 
that 10% would be, in effect, donated to the United Nations so it could return to its rightful place as a global peacekeeping body with the authority and the power and the equipment to do the job. So, like, literally, because I, when I first read it, I was like, oh, he's saying destroy 90%, keep 10 No. <laughs> destroy 90%, give 10% to the UN, you got none. Yes. That's the plan. Yeah. And probably they want to keep that 10% in whichever country so they can have their own little franchise of the UN inside, you know, right, countries right. like yeah. United States. Yeah, exactly. Or Mexico or Canada. So this is leading up to like the climax of his point in this, this interview. And what he says to like end it is, we must disarm. We must empower the United Nations. We must move to one currency and we must become a global village. Is good, I think, but I think <laughs> it's kind of insane. And uh, the fact that he goes so extreme should be triggering to all of our f- finest American Republican oh gun nuts out there. Yeah, they're losing it. Yeah. They're like, they're getting in their trucks. They're arming their truck nuts. Like, it, they're freaking frenzied over it. Yeah, this is, uh how are they going to bomb an abortion factory <laughs> if they don't have any of the armaments, yeah. right? I'm actually shocked that he... Didn't bring up one more religion, but I guess he, that's too far. He hasn't gotten there yet. He hasn't yeah. gotten to the ecumenical confab, so he can't bring up one more right. religion. And he can only bring up the one more currency. And he's doing a good job of deflecting it whenever yes. people are like, what about this? Like, hey man, that's not my time. I don't, yeah. I, that, that'd be yeah. too rude for me. And they do like ask him, like, what is your goal here? Like, do you want to be in charge? Like, no, no, no. I cannot be, no, not at all. I could never be in charge yeah. of the UN. And he's like, Romania is not even one of the countries. Right. Like, like I'm flattered by everyone liking me, but I'm just here to offer my opinions. No, no, no. It would be very rude of me to even assume to have any power. So just as this interview is ending, we cut in a way that actually was very confusing to me. I didn't realize the cut had happened. Mine was at the bottom of the yes, previous page. Same. The top. Wow. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I was like, Wait, Rayford and Chloe are here? What's going on? <laughs> oh, hey, what's up? Because and it does, and it actually does make sense that it's like, because they're watching it too. Yeah. They're watching the news program. So program, the, the interview ends. We cut to Rayford and Chloe's response to It's it. legally a good transition, except for the they, way that it's put on the page. They somehow did it in a really confusing <laughs> way. It's really strange that my fucked up Kindle version yeah, and your real version. Yeah, the same. Yeah. So... Guys, Raven and Chloe are fucking loving it. They're yeah, like, like, hey, man, that guy's pretty rules. radical. But cool. Chloe's like, wait a second. This guy rules so hard. Yeah. Do you think it's like the that guy from that for, that is <laughs> from, mentioned from the in the, the VHS tape? And Rayford's like, no, this guy's too nice. Yeah, he literally says, there's nothing evil or self-seeking about this guy. Something tells me the deceiver the pastor talked about would be a little more obvious. Which I do Rayford, kind of love. what love. are you saying? Of course he wouldn't. I He's love the devil. part. And Chloe says that. Yeah, she's like, come on, Dad. Don't be an idiot. Dumb. But this is one of those times that I'm not super sure what we're supposed to take from it. I think what we're supposed to take from it is Rayford's smart. He's right. And that's Rayford? why he's- No, he's not right. He's no, the no, no. That's what right. we're supposed to take from it is that he's right. And that's why it's so dangerous. Right. Cause he's reasonable. Yes. But I think it's very interesting that Chloe clocks it yeah. immediately and they have her clock which, it. Which follows the chaos that is the character Chloe. Yeah. Uh, one thing she did say that made me laugh a lot was, I haven't heard a politician with anything to say since I was a little girl, and I didn't understand half of it then. 
Chloe, uh, what, were you paying attention to politicians yeah, what, when what you were the a fuck, child? What the fuck? And what do you mean with anything to say? Like, what? They all have a lot to say. They all talk too much, actually. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess she's saying of substance, but I'm like, is his, like, that much more substance? I, guess, I mean, <sighs> reading into it chaosly, uh, Clinton was known to be extremely charismatic, mm. so one could argue that the more charismatic oh, you dude. are, the less you're saying, even if that's not necessarily scientifically correct. And I am confident that people thought that Bill Clinton was the Antichrist. They <laughs> definitely thought Barack Obama was later. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like the timing of this, like, bouncing back from, like, super Republican stronghold for so long, and then you get Clinton, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know those dudes are pissed about yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And like, he's literally the Antichrist. We gotta again. write a book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, just, uh, yeah. Everyone's, it's a weird line. It doesn't make any sense. Everyone's super into it, though. Uh, while everyone's still coming down from the high of Carpathia's wonderful interview, Hattie calls again to Hattie. basically be like, oh my god, Carpathia is so hot. Don't you think he's so hot? <laughs> oh my god, let me get on the plane with you to Yeah, York. she's so thirsty. Oh, and actually, I completely forgot. Like, at the beginning of this, like, Buck is trying to be like, oh, I, like, I think she likes me. Uh, cause she's calling him. But we get confirmation here, and he's like, no, I don't want to be with Buck. I want him to connect me with Carpathia. Like, I'm trying to meet him. Yeah, it's really funny and strange and fun. Especially cause, come on, Hattie. You're, you're, you're lonely. You're trying to get any poor in any yeah, form. Yeah, come on. Yeah, like, come on. Like, you really are, you're gonna go for the new sexiest man alive? That is shooting for the stars. That, how, how are you going to make this work? I know you're hot as shit, but come on, Hattie. Yes. She's confident. She thinks she can do it. She but thinks luckily, she's got a connection. But luckily, Rayford is like, thank God, she wants to fuck <laughs> Carpathia and Buck. Therefore, I'm off the hook. Whew. So, Rayford finally, they have, they finally have the confrontation. Cause Hattie's like, dude. What the hell? Why do you keep being all weird about me getting on your flights? Like, just yeah. tell me. What's up? Because she knew about the, the Atlanta thing, where yeah. he's like, don't not put her, but right. just put her where the chips lie, so to speak. So they have a whole confrontation about everything, where they basically like, Rayford's like, yeah, I did have a crush on you. And she's like, I knew it. Yeah. I knew you did. But she's like, hey, man, I totally, everything Hattie says feels correct here. But it's still, like... But she's also, like, oh, so I had a chance? Like, I could have been fucking you? Yeah, yeah. Like, she definitely, like, the way they write her is that she just does not give a shit that he's married or anything. She would have cheated, for sure. Oh, yeah. She would have been a a happy uh, affair partner. Yeah, but her sister works at the abortion factory, so can you really She works at the slut factory. (laughs) (laughs) We're a proud family of sluts. I I actually think that I literally wrote in my book, Okay, Slut, when she was talking about (laughs) one meet with Carpathia and then I was really giggling thinking about you know like 70 years from now when I'm dead mm-hmm. and my books go somewhere and someone's gonna get my notes on the left behind book you think you're gonna be 105 yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm being I'm being optimistic I feel like that's that's fair I think that's fair I'm, I'm gonna live forever and we should also say that the previous conversation about the abortion clinic was one of the worst bits of Rayford thinking that Hattie was dumb as bricks. Yeah. Where he's like, she ain't got nothing in her fucking head. I wish I could look yeah. in the eyes and be like, you're so dumb. Dumb as fuck. But I like this part kind of just because Rayford was being such a little prick about it. And Hattie was just telling it like it was. Well, because he like wouldn't tell her why he wanted her to come over. Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, he can you imagine to, like, if you're like, hey, come to my house. I want to talk to you about something. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It like, was, it's off. super fucking weird. And she's like, hey, man, 
oh, so there's no ulterior motive here? Then why did you never invite me over before? He's like, that wouldn't have been appropriate. And he's like, and it is now? I'm like, well, frankly, yes, it is. Because this version of Rayford would never, ever, ever no. fuck Hattie. Yeah, he's like a monk now. Yeah, he's a monk now. And he's celibate by choice. They he's Valsa. <laughs> Rayford is Valsa now. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I, I what's Valsa? Voluntary celibate. <laughs> like, incel is involuntary celibate. Valsa uh. is voluntarily celibate. <laughs> Cool. Good for Rayford. But, you know, <laughs> one part w- that I liked was that Hattie w- clocked his whole situation and was being an adult about it. Like, we didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, so, come on, man. Come on. We just had some. So you're saying we can't be friends anymore just because of a crush. But, dude, don't brush me off just because you went through a trauma. I'm not trying to, like, hump your bones now. Yeah. Just, I'm saying, let's be friends and yeah, then we'll see what on. happens. Sure, I, w- I still want to fuck you. Yeah, but. you, right, but I can buy my time. Exactly, exactly. I'm not going to rush our relationship. And he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, you know what the fuck I'm talking about? Like, you're, you think, you think, you think I didn't check, like, clock like I saw that? it, obviously, you idiot. You weren't nearly as smooth as you thought I saw you your were. your boner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Hattie's pissed. She's right to be pissed, I think. Uh, and it's honestly still very weird that Rayford's like, come to my house for dinner. Yeah, because he he doesn't want to say, oh shit, I want to make you a Christian and scare her away. And he knows that she's going to be like, absolutely not. If but he- that being said, instead, he makes it so weird and it's so tied into their previous relationship that there's no way that he can save it no. without just coming out He should have just it. told her. It he makes told no her. sense. He's like, hey, did. man, I still want to be your friend. I know it sounds weird. I, I was wrong to uh, – well, I could, it was wrong for me not to talk to you about yeah. the bumping. Yeah. But I was in a weird place and I felt guilty. Uh, I yeah, apologize. Yeah, just be honest and be like, hey, like there's something that I – like you know, I care about you. Like there's something that – happened to me that i yeah. would like to tell you about and like yes, it's it, important because i think the whole thing is he wants he probably sure if he says i want to show you something about uh the lord jesus christ right so you'd be like no thank you no thank you i'm good i'm out um because how do you smart and yeah. she gets it uh and still though rayford is being so cagey about it she even asked him like wait are you some sort of zealot now and he's like I th- no I, th- <laughs> I think i am though <laughs> I don't, I, don't know, I don't know, but if I had to describe it, I, yes, I would be a zealot. Huh. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so Raper tries as hard as he can without actually telling her why he wants her to come over, so she's like, fuck off, I'm not coming. Yeah. And her final words are really something, no hard feelings. I would have liked to have met Chloe, but you probably would have felt obligated to tell her you once nearly fell for me. Why? What is wrong? people who wrote this book why would he feel obligated to i mean he already did i think that's the but like hattie like knows he would feel obligated like what is happening I, what, what is this world th- yeah i mean this is definitely like metagaming on the author's standpoint of to let hattie have a weird win which doesn't make a lot of sense because she's actually getting a bigger l which is not being a christian in a christian in, fiction in the book. world right right but that's the the winning condition hit her burn about the chloe thing is Funny. That's right. Because he did it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but he did it so fast. Like, but wow, she, how does she know that? She's just calling him a <laughs> pussy. And I think that's good, actually. He is one. Yeah. True. And that's the end of that chapter. Man. Wild ones. Um, Guys, just, oh my God. Like, we're. Uh, we have not seen inside the mind of the authors like this yet. No. Because we've been confused and, you know, praising is probably a strong word. 
but sort of praising the way that they're giving the both sides of this ism but they're to everyone. Quickly abandoning that yeah. to go full hog on Christianity. Yeah, they held themselves back, but now they're inventing scenarios that are fucking fear-mongering insanity. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously people are gonna loot in times like this. Obviously people are gonna take advantage of problems. But the way they frame it and shit like that is wild. Yeah, and just like the focus on the UN and New World Order and all this shit, it's just, again, I like, I'm shocked every time that I read it, like, how much, like, the whole thing is woven through with conspiracy theory thought. Yeah. I mean, Tim LaHaye was a huge conspiracy theorist, like he was. And yet, so many people that we know grew up just like reading these books like it was normal. Yeah. Like it was a huge, it was a huge phenomenon. And like, again, I don't think anyone in our families would think it's that weird. Totally. Like, totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I do sometimes feel thankful that when I would like talk to other religious members of my family, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah. No, that is, I mean, obviously this is, this is a very specific subset yeah. of Christianity that's this way. Cause like, as we've discussed, like, Many, 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 like most other denominations, like don't talk about the rapture. Like, yeah. this is not a thing. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunately, the subset of Christians that do believe in this is pretty fucking big. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think you can, I mean, you can safely assume that pretty much every Southern Baptist believes this. And mm-hmm. that is the largest, uh, I think it's the largest Protestant denomination in the United States. I can believe it. I'm not sure. I don't know anything. I'm pretty sure it is. It's, or at the very least, it's definitely the largest, like, evangelical one, but it's, it's huge. There are yeah. a lot of Southern Baptists. Yeah, definitely. And they believe this. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh. Yeah, man. I, but now, oh, I'm so ripper to go. I am just like, so ready for Carpathia to go full Antichrist. Just do it. Yeah. When I say we're in it now, I don't mean that we weren't in it. I'm saying we're in the pool. Yeah. We have our, yeah. we're like waiting in the, the yeah. wave pool. We're almost falling under the water because they're so fucking dangerous. Yeah. We are, uh, uh, deep. We were in it back then. We're in it now. Now we're getting the, the fucking training wheels yeah. off and there's going to be insane, insane, insane assumptions happening left and right about these globalists, about these, yeah. these, uh, the peace lovers that want to take our guns. So I think that rocks and I think it's insane that the Antichrist Wants to get rid of a hun- the concept of As, anyone being yeah. able to get rid of a hundred percent of the weapons. Essentially, a hundred percent of weapons. Like, <laughs> good for you. I guess. But again, like, it's just so it's just so funny how it's like it's always the same message. It's like they're trying to take our guns. Exactly. <laughs> they're trying to take my nukes. Exactly. <laughs> I need them. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Um, we uh, love to have you here. Tell a friend about the show. Mention yeah. that you don't need to have read the books, and sometimes we prefer you not to. Yeah, don't do it. But don't we like to. to think of it as you know know a a overview of this concept and we get to be like wait that's what's happening in these books that i maybe have heard of or maybe i haven't but definitely tell a friend um uh, we want to definitely have as many people in our global village as possible (laughs) yes uh and i yeah i i i I need that support so that i can keep going to the horrible deep dark places on the internet to research about the john birch society and such much like goku um in order to make these shows we do need your energy um yes uh and we appreciate all the energy for which you're sending us but Unfortunately, Goku gotta keep sending Kamehameha's and we gotta keep yeah. getting out there. So thank you so much. 
Um, but uh, 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 so excited to hear everyone's thoughts as we get deeper and deeper and crazier and crazier. I want to see fan art of Nikolai Carpathia. I've decided. Oh, we should look that up. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Tim Lanning. You can find Jennifer on Twitter at Jennifer Cheek. We do a Dungeons and Dragons podcast mm-hmm. called Greetings Adventurers. It just started. It's freaking second campaign so you don't have that many episodes for the backlog it's made for new people in mind while still being in the same world but in a different location Ooh, what does it mean spooky spooky spooky. and i am basically playing a character that is based on my brainwashed christian ass back in the day because she is a part of an organization that is actually very fucked up but she doesn't realize it and i'm playing a hot dad yeah what more can you ask for come on listen to our other podcast dear internet where we find the internet's wildest questions and give our own advice. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. It's the opposite of this. Be- well, no, it's the exact same it's as this. It's the same. It's very cursed. It's the exact same. No, I- because um, because I make the notes for that too, so it's yeah. the same. It's yeah, definitely I lo- brain poisoning. I love to roll around in the mud with the pigs online, <laughs> and I'm always in horrible little corners of the mm-hmm. internet. So I I gotta go to Reddit and find the wild ass shit that people are asking. On Important there. news: uh, Game of Thrones is back, baby, and it's good. So Cast of Thrones is back. Me. My friend Nika and Felicia are doing Cast of Thrones 2.0, covering House of the Dragon. So far, it's been really good. So check out on all your podcatchers, Cast of Thrones. It's a Game of Thrones podcast. You love it. Yeah, if you like our content, we got a lot of it, honestly. <laughs> I, I need it. I'm a full-time content creator. Every head bowed, every eyes Support closed. Him. I'm going to throw the offering plate. Yes. Just go ahead and put as much as you can. Give 10% of your downloads to me. <laughs> I'll give you 90% of my downloads. (laughs) Thanks, Jennifer. But until next time, we are the Global Village. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.